Our gospel lesson comes from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't the perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. This is the word of the Lord. We continue our Lenten series titled Gathered Up in Jesus. This Lenten season, as you know, is an invitation to think creatively about our discipleship journey. It is designed to be an inwardly focused season that challenges us to be outwardly focused. It is a time for us to stop and examine ourselves. The examination of our souls isn't simply so that we can be better individuals, no, but so that we can find our place in a wider community and in a world created and loved by God. The call this season is not one of condemnation, but of encouragement to move into the loving arms of Jesus Christ this season, this Lenten season, is a call not only to deeper living and to repentance, but to embrace the grace of a loving Christ who envelops us. Can you experience, even now, the embrace of this loving Christ? This season is stopping and assessing our lives and determining the reordering of our lives, not for the sake of the right now, but for the sake of eternity. So as we continue to examine our lives through the lens of discipleship, What are we discovering? What are you discovering? What am I discovering? With the help of the Holy Spirit about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Prepare us now to receive through your preached word the life that you are offering to us through Jesus Christ, O God. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bless you today. For you, O Lord, truly are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. 
I have a question for you. Have you ever received a gift that left you speechless? If you have, raise your hands. Okay, put your hands down. I'm not looking at any particular person. What were the emotions that bubbled up from within you as you received that extravagant gift? For me, I became speechless. And for those of you who know me, you know that's very hard, right? What do you think motivated the individual to give you such a gift? And have you ever given a gift to someone that left the individual speechless? I won't ask you to raise your hands. Have you ever received a gift from God besides salvation that left you speechless? In the gospel lesson today, uh, we witnessed Jesus receiving an extravagant gift from one of his disciples, Mary the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And as we study Mary's actions, I would suggest to you today that we can learn something from this disciple of Jesus Christ about discipleship, about our relationship with Jesus Christ, who is God's extravagant gift to us and to humankind. First of all, I would suggest to you that Mary shares with us that the disciples' relationship with Jesus Christ is both personal and public. Now notice, I did not say that the relationship is private and public. No, no. I said it's personal, one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's also public. In addition to its being a personal matter, our relationship with Jesus Christ is a public matter. In other words, we are to share with others about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, South Bend, and the Michiana communities, and in all Judea, Indiana, and Samaria, the United States, and to the end of the earth. We are called to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that is nurtured and grows stronger through our spiritual disciplines, and we are to also have a public relationship with Jesus Christ, which means we share with people how Jesus Christ has and continues to impact our lives. We, we share with people who think that this life is all that there is, that there really is something more to their ordinary, mundane kind of living. We, we share with people who think because they have that wonderful portfolio, that wonderful retirement plan, that wonderful family, because everything is going well, we share with them that there is still something missing in their life if they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The other day I was talking to someone, I will not tell you where I was, it was not a parishioner here, but I, I, we just began to have this conversation and the person began to share with me uh, that they had retired at the age 
of 42. And I asked the question, so tell me, so now what are you doing with your life? And they took out their phone and they began to bring up videos and they showed me how they had been very much involved in a particular industry, very successful involvement. And I, I still had to ask the question, but what are you doing now with your life? Tell me, um, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And they continued to, to show me that they had taken a picture with Snoop Dogg. That could have been impressive. <laughs> but it did not get to the heart of the matter. Yes, we're to have this wonderful personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but beloved, Disciples of Jesus Christ, we must go public. We must let people know that there is a loving God who sent a living Savior to die for a world who's separated from God because of sin, and God has given us the answer to that sin problem, and that's Jesus Christ. And unless Jesus Christ is in their lives as their Savior and Lord, then they will never experience the fullness of life that God wants them to experience the fullness of life that they can only experience through Jesus Christ. I've told you the story of a young adult who, according to society, you could check the boxes, very successful, independent, full-time job, had her own automobile, and one day she was walking across the parking lot of the school where she taught, and she asked herself the question, is this all there is to life? She asked that question because she recognized it, that if life only consisted of material gains, then she was in trouble because, you see, there was a void in her life. And I will share with you, beloved, that void that every human being has, that void that human beings try to fill with, and you can fill in the blank, a high, powerful job, a family, money, positions, prestige, power, you will come to the conclusion that none of that can fill that void. Because you see, God has so created us that that void can only be filled with a relationship. with God through Jesus Christ. That's good news for somebody today because you've been looking in all of the wrong places wondering why you have not felt satisfied nor fulfilled. I'll tell you why. Because you need Jesus Christ. So yes, Mary shares with us through her example that we're to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and also a public relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, Mary shares with us that the relationship with Jesus Christ is to be one of a sacrificial neighbor, na nature. Notice, in the text we're told that she gave a year's worth of wages. 
the denarius was one day's wage for a laborer. So if Mary has given us 300 denarii, thank you, then we know that she has given a year's worth of wages because of her love and devotion to Jesus Christ. Tell me, what sacrifices is Jesus Christ calling us, his disciples, to make today? That's a question that you'll have to ask on an individual basis. And that's also a question that we'll have to ask collectively as the body of Jesus Christ. What sacrifices is, is Christ calling us to make so that the world that God loves will know about this awesome living God? Mary also shares with us that the discipleship's relationship with Jesus Christ is not a matter of either or. Notice what Judas does in this particular text. Judas uh, looks at Mary's example of extravagant generosity, and he gets an attitude. Did you notice the attitude? Verse 5, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? So he's creating this dichotomy. Either love and support Jesus or be concerned about the poor. Either or. There, there are some people today who believe that my relationship with Jesus Christ is of such that that's all I need to be concerned about, the spiritual matters. They lose sight of the fact that we are to live out our relationship with Jesus Christ, the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. We are to live it out amongst others, and especially the poor, especially the marginalized, especially the widow, especially the orphan. Yeah. Judas set up this dichotomy, either or, spiritual or non-spiritual. And Jesus refutes him by affirming what we call the both-and kind of love. <laughs> you see, we are to love Jesus and. <laughs> I love it. So this week, just as you, as you carry out your everyday activities, just remember, Jesus, I'm to love you and. And whenever you encounter someone who maybe rubs you the wrong way, just say, Jesus, I'm to love you and that person. <laughs> yes, Jesus says, we're to love him and. And the one individual who we just don't understand, we're to love Jesus and the people that others like to label were to love Jesus and. Jesus offers that both and kind of love. And finally, as we look at this disciple of Jesus, whose name is Mary, we're reminded of the fact that the disciple's life is like a sweet fragrance. The anointing is an act of pure extravagance. The fact that the entire house 
where Lazarus, Mary, and Martha resided, where Jesus, disciples, and others are present. The entire house is filled with the fragrance of this costly perfume that Mary has given this day. I, I would suggest to you that as we live out our lives on a daily basis, as disciples of Jesus Christ, wherever we show up, persons should experience the fragrance of Jesus Christ's grace and love and mercy. And, and when we leave, <laughs> that fragrance is to linger. When we show up, persons who have been condemned, who have been put down by others, when we show up, they should experience the fragrance of Jesus Christ's love and grace and mercy. When we show up, people who have been viewed as being impossible when we show up, they will be able to know that we see them because we take the time to look at them. When we show up, the fragrance of Jesus Christ, mercy, grace, and love is to be present, and when we leave, Oh, that fragrance <laughs> is to remain. Well, the depth of Mary's love for Jesus is signaled by the extravagance of her gift. Such love. Such love. Mary models what it means to be a disciple, to serve, to love one another. What about us? Well, here's the good news. If I want to experience the kind of life that Mary experiences, we all know that it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It begins with individuals acknowledging that sin separates them from God. And instead of feeling a sense of doom, persons recognize that God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the answer to the sin problem. And when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, as Savior and Lord, then we are reconnected with God when we acknowledge, when we acknowledge that we have sinned, when we acknowledge that we are separated from God, when we acknowledge that and seek forgiveness and then ask Jesus Christ into our lives, we have the assurance of knowing that he will come into our lives. John chapter 3, verse 16 states, For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him, Jesus Christ, shall be saved. So we, we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, and it's not about a feeling, it's only about a fact. I may still feel the same, I may still feel distressed, I may still feel disconnected, those are feelings. The fact is, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. And finally, let me just say to you, once one accepts Jesus Christ, then one needs to connect with the body of Jesus Christ. There's no such thing as a solo Christian. One needs to connect with the body of Jesus Christ so that one can experience the fellowship one can experience the teaching and preaching of God's word. One can experience the opportunity to share with others one's relationship with Jesus Christ. One can experience the opportunity to be in service on behalf of Jesus Christ. And let me say this in closing. Membership and discipleship are not the same. You see, there are people who will join a church, but they've never invited Jesus Christ into their life as Savior and Lord. So today, I make the appeal to those who have not accepted Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. Today is the day to do that. Today is the day to do that. And, and, and I get excited because, see, this is what I know. I know that when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives as Savior and Lord, we experience a totally new life that we cannot even begin to imagine. Jesus Christ said in John 10, verse 10, I've come that you may have life and you may have it abundantly to its fullness. We're not talking about material things. No, we're talking about this full sense of worthiness that is made possible through Jesus Christ. You see that? I was that young lady walking across that parking lot at that school asking myself the question, is this all there is to life? Jill, I was in my 20s, and I thought, if this is it, what more is there? What am I going to do when I'm 30, 40, 50, if this is all there is? And then I realized, the better I realized, that I needed a relationship with Jesus Christ. I grew up in the church, beloved. I grew up in the church. I, I grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. I volunteered in the church. And, and, and let me just say this to you because I don't, I don't want to confuse anyone. I had accepted Jesus Christ in my life, but after a while we became distant. I went through the motions. I showed up every Sunday. I attended the meetings, but we had become distant. 
I had a brownie point system, Gail. If I do something good for God, God will do something good for me. And then one day, I stopped doing good things for God. And God still blessed me. I'm talking about a living relationship with God through Jesus Christ. A growing relationship. So one would say, well, you were a, a nominal Christian. Yeah, I would, I would say that. But then one day I realized, if this is all there is to life, I'm in trouble. And God in God's grace used people to help me to reconnect with God through Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, oh, it was a day of new beginnings. <laughs> And the goal is for all of us who have accepted Jesus Christ into our lives as Savior and Lord, the goal for all of us is to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. We will never stop growing as disciples of Jesus Christ until we see Jesus face to face. So now I want to go back to those of you. I want to talk specifically to those of you who have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. Today is a good day to do that. And, and for those of, of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, I would suggest to you as we continue on this journey called Lent, this discipleship journey that we recommit our lives to Jesus Christ. This past week, the Lord shared with me, Michelle, I've got to do some pruning in your life because there are some things in your life that I need to get rid of. This journey called discipleship is ongoing. No one has arrived. And so, today is a day of new beginnings for all of us. Amen. It's an opportunity for those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord to do that. And it's an opportunity for all of us to recommit our lives to Christ. So I invite you now to stand and let us sing together this hymn of celebration for all who have hope, who are looking for hope. This is a day of new beginnings. <laughs>